My entitled mother-in-law demands to see my son whenever she wants. Things have gotten so bad that she's threatened to take us to court just to claim custody of my son since she thinks we're such terrible parents. And my husband and I could not be more disgusted. Here's what happened. So to start off with some backstory, our son is not biologically mine, but I'm the only mom that he's ever known. The birther hasn't been in the picture since he was about three months old, and my husband raised him by himself until I came along about two years ago. When it comes to my mother-in-law, she doesn't work, she smokes the herb all day with my brother-in-law, then complains about not having any money. And on top of that, my mother-in-law is incredibly toxic. My husband and I are both working full-time. We're in school full-time and our son just started pre-K this year. Over the summer, we were told numerous times that we would not have the availability to go over to her house all the time or even run errands for her. She was guilting my husband into going over there about four to five times a week. And this is for two hours each time at a minimum, just so she could see our son. But she said that she understood that and that once school started, every other week would be fine. Well, it comes time for school and she still expected them to go over all the time. And she even said some nasty things about me and my husband because we wouldn't do what she wanted when she wanted. It even came down to her threatening to take us to court for full custody of our son. She actually told my husband husband that he was a terrible dad and that he was only a dad so the court would give her full custody. As a side note, I have bipolar disorder and I am medicated. I'm actively in therapy and my mental health has been better than ever. She also said that our son wasn't safe with me because of my depression. Meanwhile, she sits at home 24-7, smoking the herb and abusing medication all the way up to the point where she will sleep for three days straight. And after all of that, she used the ploy of trying to pretend like she wanted some kind of relationship with my husband just to try and get on his good side again. My husband and I talked about it extensively and how I was and am not in a place where I can handle her mental or verbal abuse and how it's making me anxious, placing me not in a good place. We eventually decided that it's best that I don't have a relationship with her at the moment so we can all just work through stuff on our own. But she kept pushing to hang out every day and I would say, I'm sorry, I have work and we have school. She would call my husband husband crying, saying that I'm manipulative and that I am an absolute jerk. But my husband reiterated the conversation that we had had before with her, and we were hoping that that would be enough. But it only got worse when she sent me this message. Thank you for finally growing up and admitting what I've known this whole time. I've been pushing a relationship with you to get you to grow up and admit that you don't want one. Now this is your fault, not mine. So I think it's best that you delete my number. I think it's best that as far as I'm concerned, you don't exist. And as far as I'm concerned, I don't exist. RJ is my son. Robbie is my grandson. And that will never change. I love them both with all of my heart. And I'm willing to do things that I don't want to do for their happiness. Namely, talk to you. So as far as I'm concerned, I hate you. You are fat and you're ugly and I hate you. And your husband is only with you for your money. So just have a nice life. After that wonderful message, it's now been two months of no contact with her. But not without a lack of trying on her part. And funnily enough, my family is thriving because of it. My husband spoke to a therapist about all of this and he decided at that moment that he is the happiest that he's ever had for not having a relationship with his family and that this is the best he has ever felt in his life mentally and I honestly could not be happier for him. What an absolute psychopath. Did she really think for a second she could try and take these parents to court just to take their son away from them? I mean, that's absolutely ridiculous. 
ridiculous. What kind of person would try and do that? It'd be one thing if they were like abusive parents or something like that, but they're just parents trying to make their way through life. But instead, this entitled mother-in-law literally is just the scum of the earth. Not just with that terrible message that they sent towards the original poster, but also for all the implications of what she was trying to say. I mean, talk about projecting much. She literally just sits around and does nothing all day and then expects everything just to be handed to her, which is not how the world works, lady. So I'm really happy for the original poster that this lady has cut herself out of their life. And it's so fantastic to hear that they're thriving. Hopefully it can stay this way for a while and hopefully this weird entitled mother-in-law can get a life and just move on because the way she's acting right now is absolutely ridiculous. And unless she's willing to change, I honestly don't see this family ever contacting her ever again. Am I the jerk for leaving my boyfriend at the bar after I told him I was ready to leave multiple times? So my boyfriend of four months was in a comedy show with his friends at the bar the other night. He asked me to come to the show with him and I agreed since I had not been to a show that he's been in for a couple of weeks due to grad school. The show started an hour late and during the show my boyfriend said he was going to go home and go to bed and we agreed to do so once it was over. Also, I started my period near the show and didn't have any sanitary products so it really was a race against time. Once the show ended, my boyfriend chit-chatted with the other comics which is what he usually does after a show. However, this time he chit-chatted for an hour when usually he only does that for like 20 minutes. I didn't mind at first because he kept me a part of the conversations but suddenly all the male comics leave the group including my boyfriend and go into this small room at the front of the venue. When they do this, the rest of the comics leave and the bar staff is locking the doors to close. At this point, I'm sitting by myself in an empty comedy bar in the dark. The bar manager is also in the back room doing whatever bar managers do at the end of the night. And I feel uncomfortable, I'm on my period, and I'm in a part of town that I'm not familiar with. I text my boyfriend that I was ready to leave, and he responded by telling me to wait another 10 minutes. At this point, I'm livid, because at this point, I had already waited an hour. I'm also upset, because he didn't ask me to wait. Instead, he told me to continue waiting for him. I let him know I'll be leaving in two minutes, and he can come with me if he likes, and he told me that's okay, and I can just go home, and that he will just get an Uber home. I ask him if he's sure, and he doesn't respond to my message. So I go to my car, and I pull it up to the venue, and I ask him again if he's coming with me, and he told me to just go home, so I just ended up leaving without him. But then, five minutes later, he sends me a text message saying he couldn't believe I left without him, and then he blocks my number and blocks me on social media. The next day, he unblocks me and says that he needs a day to calm down before he can speak to me. I don't understand why he's so mad at me, since he told me twice that I should just go home. Am I the jerk in this situation? Is there something that I did wrong that I'm not seeing here? What should I do? I mean, in my opinion, I don't think you did anything wrong. If anything, you literally did everything right. You texted him multiple times and asked him, hey, are we leaving or not? It's literally been an hour and your set is done. Like, let's get going. And he even encouraged you to go home and said, hey, it's fine. Just go ahead and leave. And right as you're leaving, you double checked again. Hey, are you sure about that? And he's like, yeah, go ahead and leave. So for him to then turn around and then freak out and be like, oh my gosh, you actually left is such a double standard in this situation. It's just not even funny. And it seems incredibly petty as well. Like there's no reason to act like that in the slightest. If you didn't want her to leave, then say, hey, I don't want you to leave. But I think considering the circumstances, as well as some personal issues that were going on, how can he not understand that you probably need to go home? Because I'm willing to guess that these are probably things you want to take care of at home instead of at some comedy club that's 
closing down for the day. So if anything, your boyfriend's just being very inconsiderate and incredibly childish. I mean, why would he freak out on you and start blocking you everywhere? That seems like a massive overreaction after he's the one that said, hey, you can go ahead and go home. Not just once, but twice at that. So I honestly would not feel bad in this situation. You are absolutely not the jerk. You did everything you could to make sure he feels accommodated. So if there really is any kind of problem in this situation, it seems like it's your boyfriend's problem and definitely not anything that you did. An entitled Karen freaks out when we don't have any bikes available for her to rent. And I honestly could not be more annoyed. So for some quick essential information, the hotel I worked at rented out bikes, which my fellow hotel workers already know that they fall under the rule of, hey, they're based on availability. Now to the main story. It was a beautiful Saturday summer morning, around 8 o'clock in the morning. I'm in my checkout routine when I see four people entering the hotel. You know this feeling when checkout is not even done, and you see a check-in arrive, and you want to roundhouse kick them in the face for interrupting your flow. But once they arrive at the desk, you can't help but turn into an angel of hospitality. Or maybe that's just me. Luckily for me, though, their room wasn't ready anyway, so thankfully there was nothing more for me to do for them other than to open the garage door for them so they can park their car. But wouldn't you guess it, they wanted to rent some bikes. Which is a case where I can say, sure, no problem. Let me get that sorted while you go park your car. Which is when I realized that the guests who had rented the bikes the day before had not returned the keys yet. I did not have four bikes on availability. Please bear in mind that two of those four people had not even reserved a room at the hotel. The group returns from the garage and I say, I'm so sorry, but we don't have any bikes available. But I can provide you the addresses to two bike rental shops in the neighborhood. And at this rate, I was hoping this would just solve the problem, right? Well, no, because they called ahead and the nice young men on the phone apparently promised them that they would be able to pick up those bikes when they came in to check in at 8 o'clock on Saturday. Now, maybe someone can answer this for me. What is the shiniest golden rule of hospitality? Say it with me. No promises. This is what I teach every new agent that I had to train the second they take a position at the front desk. Don't promise anything. There are no promises. So I explain to them the old availability rule. I can see my words arriving at their ears, bouncing off, and then crashing into my face. Because they came back and said, well, we were promised bikes. Again, I apologized and said that it seems that not enough keys had been returned for them to rent. The woman of this group, who wouldn't even stay at the hotel, stares daggers at me and demands that I call up the room that has the guest with the keys so that they can actually rent the bikes that they were promised. But I refuse to do that. I am not about to wake up a checked-in guest. But she doesn't care if they are still sleeping. She planned a bike tour, and I was apparently messing everything up. They made restaurant reservations, and they had the whole day planned out with those bikes. Which is really backwards in my opinion, because they planned a bike tour with no bikes. It is the usual back and forth, with me defending the current guests that have the keys, while she raises her voice at me. But believe it or not, eventually they give up, and they trot off to one of the rentals that I recommended. But it gets a lot worse when they return 10 minutes later with no bikes, because the shop that I recommended opens up in two hours, which is my bad to be fair. Again, the woman who hasn't even reserved a room is yelling at me to call the guest with the keys. But I am sure you know how it is, dear colleagues. Yelling at me is not going to get you anywhere. So I just stand there with my legs shaking and a neutral smile plastered on my face, apologizing and explaining what based upon availability means, hoping that this would be over soon. At some point, I get tired of repeating myself and I just let her anger wash over me until she realizes I've turned into a black hole absorbing 
her screams. With nothing else to do, she calls me some terrible words before stomping off to the breakfast room and demands a free coffee. And you know what? After that experience at this job, I really do not miss the drama. How entitled do you have to be to act like that? I mean, there are clearly other options that she can go with where their tour or whatever they're going to do with these bikes isn't going to be completely interrupted. It's so inconsiderate to treat people like this. I mean, you have to lack some serious self-awareness just to not see that you're being crazy. But good for this employee for standing their ground and saying, you know what? I can't help you. Because they're right. If you're going to yell and scream your head off, literally nothing gets done. And if I was in their shoes, I would have done the exact same thing. An entitled Karen demands a specific room in our hotel. And no matter what I tell her, she constantly complains and always requests to go to this one specific room. And it's honestly just super annoying. So we had this regular guest that I haven't seen in a while check in last night. I used to work evenings and I dealt with her a lot. She insists on staying in a very specific room that is right next to the lobby. And sometimes she makes reservations ahead of time, thank God. But other times she just shows up whenever expecting her specific room. She doesn't seem to understand that the room isn't available because she wanders in at odd hours and didn't have a reservation. And anytime that I tell her this, she lifts up her shoulders and drops them with her mouth agape. Today, she came in near the end of my audit and wanted to check into her room. And then she does her classic move of standing there with her mouth open, shrugging her shoulders aggressively. I tell her I can check her into a similar room in the same area, and I'll even do it at a small discount for her troubles. And she doesn't have to check out until the following day. I am literally trying everything I can to make this easy for her. I honestly don't want to deal with her, and I just want my shift to end smoothly, as I'm very tired after working a 12-hour shift. Something clicked, and she said okay, and asked when she can move into her favorite room. I tell her I can't approve that, because that room is being rented, and if she needs to move, she'll have to pay for another room after 3pm, as our cutoff time is 11 o'clock. Alternatively, she can also wait until 3 o'clock p.m., and she won't have to pay for an additional room, and I can just make a reservation for her right now. She knows all of this, by the way, or at least I think she really should at this point. I don't remember all my interactions with her, but they always involve some sort of extended explanation of how her keys don't work, which is always a straight-up lie. Like I said, we have similar rooms, even in the same area, but she demands that one specific room. Part of her explanation is basically she doesn't like people. For whatever reason, she was rattled by other people being in the same section as her. And I guess for whatever reason, this just really freaked her out. And she didn't like people walking past her room at night. In fact, that night, she kept calling saying that she didn't feel safe and that apparently people were knocking on her door. I rewound the tape so many times and I never saw anyone knocking on her door. The security cameras don't lie. I kept reassuring her that if she locks her door, she will be fine and that she can call us if anything beyond guests being in the hotel happens. She kept asking me why she can't move earlier than 3 o'clock in the evening and I told her the room is rented but I can put in a request and see where it takes me. She then repeated her terrifying tale and I was really tempted in that moment to pull her move on herself by shrugging my shoulders and leaving my mouth gaping open like she always does. In the midst of that, my relief finally arrived and peeked in. They took one look at this lady and they waited in the break room for me to finish. I pulled my relief in and I held a conference about what we can do to move her and how she would have to pay for another room if she wanted to move and check in that same day. So eventually she just decided to check in and would ask her pal, our manager, for the room move. After being updated by one of my co-workers, I found out that she has not moved at all. But she did stay longer than we usually allow for a single night's rate. 
Honestly, this lady's just super annoying, and I really hope I don't have to deal with her ever again. Yeah, that lady does sound incredibly obnoxious. I mean, who goes to a hotel and then requests over and over again to go to a very specific room? I mean, is she like hiding something in the ceiling or something like that? And it sounds like she's a local resident of the area for the most part. Like, the way that she's acting just doesn't really make sense to me. So I really have to agree with the original poster here. This lady definitely is really weird, and I would hate having to deal with her all the time. Especially since she is like a frequent flyer of this place, and she's constantly in there going for her room. So hopefully the original poster can avoid this lady in the future. Because she sounds incredibly weird, and I don't blame them for not wanting to be around them. Today I messed up by letting an elderly homeless man who reminded me of my grandfather sleep in my car while I was at work. And as a result, he stole some of my stuff and left a note saying he was sorry. And I honestly feel pretty stupid. So this mess up happened two days ago. I met this old guy at a camping site and it turned out that he is also a car dweller. It was very surreal to meet someone that old living in their car. Nonetheless, we had a good conversation and he told me about his wife who sadly passed away and how his life just fell apart. We parted ways the next morning. I bumped into him at night at the gas station about two weeks later and he looked really tired. He told me his car got towed and he has been sleeping on the sidewalks just really anywhere he could and has been harassed, mugged as well as other terrible things. So he hasn't gotten any actual good sleep and at this point I felt bad for him especially with how cold it is and I told him that he could sleep in my car with me just to get some kind of sleep and that he will feel better in the morning. He thanked me so much that he even had tears in his eyes. We drove to a parking lot, shared my dinner and got some sleep. In the morning when I had to go to work he was still sleeping so I just drove over to where I work. This guy didn't wake up at all and I figured that he was still tired as it was pretty early. I decided to just take my keys and leave him in the car, leaving him a note. I also left him $10 so that he could get a bus when he gets up and be able to go wherever he needs to be. My work is also really not that far away from where I met him at the gas station so I hoped I at least didn't inconvenience him too much in trying to get back over there if that's where he needed to be. But this is where the mess up happens. During my lunch I went to the car as I usually have my lunch there and he wasn't around. What also wasn't around was my blankets, my pillow, my suitcase and some of my clothes and my shoes. And my camping gear was also gone. I might have thought of many possibilities that maybe it wasn't him because my car was unlocked but then I noticed the note I had left for him had some extra writing on it and it was clearly from him as the word sorry was written on the note I left. So it looks like I'm not getting that stuff back anytime soon. What a terrible situation. I mean first off this guy's incredibly brave. He let a homeless guy sleep in his car while he was in work and they basically slept at the same time in the same car and this guy doesn't even know this guy in the first place. Like that's really brave in my opinion. You try to do a good deed but it just completely backfires on you and that honestly really sucks and it's just unfair for you. You showed this guy a lot of kindness and a lot more trust than I probably would have done. There's no way I would sleep in the same car as some old man that I don't even know. So for him to just turn around and steal all your stuff is just completely inappropriate. But also not completely unexpected. I mean you don't even know this guy. I know he reminds you of your grandfather but trust me and clearly he's not that guy. So hopefully you can replace all that stuff and at least get your bed back because that just really sucks to have that taken away from you. And maybe next time if you're going to help out some homeless guy at least be a little bit more safe about it. I mean this guy literally could have taken everything from you and I honestly think you got pretty lucky in this scenario. Thanks for watching. When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications. To finish
finish listening to all the stories, use the playlist at the top of the description. And the next time you live stream, use the Cream of the Crop music. Search Cream of the Stream on Spotify or whatever platform you use for copyright-free music to use for your next stream.